This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. We certainly played well enough to get at least a point out of there. Uh, it just uh, didn't go our way tonight, a couple of things. The power play looked really, really good. Uh, Markstrom was outstanding for them, outstanding. So give him a lot of credit, but I really like the way we played. And if we play like that, we're going to win a lot of hockey games. Head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus. The Winnipeg Jets there falling 5-3 last night to the Calgary Flames, a late-night game. Oy, the alarm clock did not sound uh, all that great this morning. Not that it usually does uh, when it goes off at 3.30, but uh, this one was a tough one. Um, That's when I went to bed <laughs> after the post game. Yeah? Yeah, listen to the post game, and then I went to bed around 3. Must no. be nice. I listened to the I listened to Kyle Connor in the post game and then I hit the sack. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a late night. Yeah, it's a late night for a ring of fire. <laughs> um, it was a good game by the Jets. It was, it was a, a really it, good game. It was a good game for them. Um, the, uh, it's going to be measured in results. Two points could be the difference by the end of this season in making or not making the playoffs. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but. Uh, and you and you we're, we'll hear from we hear from Mark Scheifele, we hear from Kyle Connor. We just heard from Rick Bonus saying if you play that way more times than not, much more times than not, you're going to find ways to win. I thought the Jets did a fantastic job of of generating grade A chances in the slot. I thought some of them were placed uh, perhaps uh, at the chest <laughs> at chest level. Um, I think some of those uh, saves were a little bit. E- I think Markstrom played very good. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but I think some of the, the some of the and and that's just where the puck went um, made it a little bit easier on him. Uh, but when you're generating that many chances in the slot, it, it, they're going to start really going in, especially when you have shooters like Mark Shifley, um, Kyle Connor. I really like the first line, Jim, and I, and I thought Gabe Velarde really really fit in real well, um, particularly since like that line didn't really have that much time to build chemistry. A couple practices, a couple of games, illness. Yeah. Um, really got in the way, but um, really good things on the horizon for that group, I thought. Gabe Velarde, 21 minutes, four seconds of ice time, no points, and seven shots on goal. Seven shots on net. Yeah, that's That's, imp- that's, that's impressive. Good. Look, I really liked everything about the Cal- the Winnipeg Jets uh, game, and I thought they outplayed the Calgary Flames. They were the better team on five on five. Uh, the power play looked sensational, but just couldn't capitalize, and that was because of Jacob Markstrom. Yep, like you said, it's results oriented business. I said the Jets should have won this game last night, yesterday, or should win it, and I thought they should have. Yeah, um, the icing by Nate Schmidt is a real mystery to me. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what he was doing, and in fact, as soon as he got the puck, even before he iced it, I was like, skate, man! Like in my head, I I was like, <laughs> skate. I know he was tired. And there was two things that stood out to me in last night's game of the guys that missed camp, Nate Schmidt and Nick Ehlers. Yes. And I could tell they missed training camp. Yeah. They missed being on the ice. They missed getting the flow, the speed of it up to, to par. I'm not saying they had horrific games, um, but they just looked like they were on the ice for the first time in a month. Yeah. And, you know, Brendan Dillon on that icing too, which, and we'll hear from Rick Bonus in just a second. Brendan Dillon was sitting there waiting to support him that perhaps, hey, put the puck back to me if you don't see a lane or a chance to get the puck out. Um, I, Calgary really wasn't defending it. Uh, Calgary and Winnipeg, every other player on the ice 
was looking to change. Well, I, uh, I, I say skate when you're he's tired. I get yeah. that. I'm not telling him to bolt out of the zone. <laughs> yeah. He had a lot of room to clear the zone. Yeah. And whether he got to center or not, bank it off the boards and make a change. I don't know why he tried to ice it. I think somebody asked him in the post game. It might have been Ken Weeb if, if he was trying to get that on net. Yeah, we'll play the clip. We'll play the clip here. Yeah, he should hurt. Yeah, late in the game like that, and the guys were tired. And uh, yeah, that hurt. Not trying to ice it. Uh, I think he was either trying to put it on the goalie or just lob it in there. But it just went a little. Obviously, it didn't work either way. It was but. That's hockey. I, I mean, if he's trying to put it on the goalie, that's even more sort of. I don't think he was. I think he was trying to lob to it me. in where yeah. it lands at, at the Flames blue line and, and rolls a bit and gives them some time to get off. I think that's what he was trying to do. Um, but look, it was a mistake. Uh, and I thought right away, I, I just didn't understand why um, he didn't like move it out or, or do that. But he's tired and he hasn't been on the ice, right? So. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to make excuses. It was a bad play. It didn't have to be done, and it resulted in that. I liked what Rick Bonus had to say, not only about how the team played, because I agreed with him. I, I thought they played really well. I thought they outplayed Calgary. Like, if they can play like this night in, night out, um, they'll be fine. They'll they'll pile up some wins. Uh, but I liked what he said about um, they have to play this way, and, and the power play looks sensational. Markstrom um, uh, stole the game for him. Markstrom looked really good, yeah. especially after that Kyle Connor goal. You kind of go, mm-hmm. uh-oh. But he stood on his head. I mean, the, the shots they had on the power play. And I thought Kyle Connor looked sensational. You know, Jim, I was thinking about that stretch last year with this team where they went how many games with one goal. It, it was bad for a, for a period of time. Yeah. I thought they generated more chances on power, uh, more grade A power play chances in that game than they did over that horrendous stretch last season. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in my head. I was... Well, the puck movement and 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 yeah. the players moving too, like not just the puck moving, but I thought a lot of times last year you'd be standing there and you'd maybe take half a step one way and wait for the puck half a step. Guys were moving without the puck. Guys were like, you know, I'm in my spot and it's going to come to me, but I'm not standing still stagnant. I'm going, you know, a couple paces this way, a couple paces that way. Here it yeah. comes. And you take what the, the defense was giving you. So... Um, the result wasn't there, and it, it sucks. And, you know, this this is the game. The first loss is always a game I look back at if you – so, like, Edmonton gets pounded last night. If yeah. Edmonton doesn't make the playoffs and misses by two points, I don't look at that game and go, that's the game that got no. – you, you were never in that one. No, no. These are the games that the first game of the year you were in it. That's what I liked about what Rick said. It would have been great to get a point out of that. They deserved a point out of that game. They deserved to go to overtime and get a point. That's what's the biggest disappointment about giving up that late goal. High stick on the shorthanded goal yes. there by Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was absolutely a high stick. And Cam, I'm not going to start on this because you know how I get worked up. It's only the first yep. game of the year. But the ref is right there. Yep, I know. He's staring at Rasmus Anderson. A hundred percent. It was clearly over the bar by by six or eight inches. If if that ref came over to me or Mark Shifley when he was talking to him and Rick Bonus and said, "Sorry, you know what? It's the first game of the year, and I forgot the waving yeah. of the high stick." I, and I don't know how you do that as a ref if you forget in the first game, but I, it was a high stick. Yeah, it was a high stick. Um, uh, and if you're wondering, that was not a reversible play because it happened in the defensive zone, so it wasn't something that could be reviewed. Um, yeah. And, uh, and those are the calls that have to be made, right? Those are the calls that I would think 10 games in and you got your feet under you as a, an official, you see a guy wave a stick like that and, and you, you blow it down because you blow it down as soon as they touch it and it remains 
No, no harm, no foul. It's just a face-off. This was a discussion as well in the newsroom today, and I wanted to make sure that I got this little uh, tidbit out as well because there's probably some people wondering, uh, why didn't Rick Bonus call a timeout? Uh, you know, we know, after we Nate, know who Nate, was Nate Schmidt. Um, well, the only man who knew that Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley were going to sign extensions. I didn't want to name names. Was wondering um, if a timeout. Starting with the 2017-2018 uh, NHL season, uh, offending teams are not allowed to take a timeout after an icing. So that is the rule by the National Hockey League. That's why a timeout was not called because yeah. um, there wasn't one. To Which be, I like that rule, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you have one timeout. That would have been a prime example to call one, but a mistake was made. And look, this is why this rule is in there. Take the Jets and the Flames out of it. Yeah, The rule is intended to increase scoring. So... What happened? You couldn't call a timeout. You couldn't win the faceoff, and you got scored on. Yeah, and you know, putting putting myself that's aside, that's why even yeah. you don't ice it there and risk whatever's going on because you've been out there too long, or you have a faceoff in your own end. I don't pretend not to be a Jets fan, Jim. Okay, I don't ever pretend not to do that. But the situation I see it as, if you're going to make a bad icing like we saw last night, you you got to live with that fact. You got to you got to yeah. batter yourself out of it. You you can't be bailed out by a timeout or anything like that. Well, that's I, why I, I, like the I rule. agree. I agree with the rule. Yeah, I agree with the rule with too. The rule. Like I said, take the yeah. the Jets and the Flames out of it. That happens in a game. It was happening too often where you get a timeout and a mistake late in a game, and it was designed to increase scoring opportunities and chances. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. There was a goal scored, but they got they got out they got goalied right. Yep. And we heard this a lot two years ago when they missed the playoffs. They got goalie. They did. Arizona came in here and stopped 45 shots, and they lost one nothing. Vermelka so, has the Jets number. He just kills the Jets. The thing about last night to me, Cam, was they got out goalied, but they won't get out goalied a lot like this. Yeah. They got, they've been out goalied in the past where the shots were just perimeter shots coming from the outside, not high danger, and very easy for the goalie to st- If you get 40 of those, you're going to save 40 of them. Mm-hmm. The shots last night were high danger, creative coming from all directions all and so I I'll I'll take they will not get goalied 20 nights a year playing like this because the goalie really outgoalied them those those will go in more nights than not uh, 204-780-6860. Going to get your guys' text messages on right after this. Let's take a break. Let's come back. We'll talk a little uh, Connor Hellebuck. Get your responses uh, to the game on the, on the icing, uh, on the high stick. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, seeing a couple text messages about that. I do want to talk about, about Connor Hellebuck and what I saw from the goals that were allowed. Um, let's, uh, yeah, we'll make sure we get, we're going to go around the league as well. Leafs won uh, over the Habs in a shoot. I want to talk about that. Jim, as you mentioned, the Canucks pummeled uh the oilers as well the senators lost their Throw opening in the game. towel it's ugly it's over and five six seven eight what's that gift from the rocky movie throw the towel stop stop, stop he's the... already dead it's, uh, you the don't Simpsons think vancouver gift. didn't enjoy pounding the oilers last night absolutely they and, loved it and there's a really interesting thing i found on on reddit here uh, regarding taylor hall um and he's been on a lot of teams that have made a lot of first overall picks. And I'll, I'll give you a little stat when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, we'll talk Owen Power in just a second here. But with his assist yesterday, Taylor Hall has now recorded a, a helper on the first career goals of four separate number one overall picks. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Nico Heashier, Jack Hughes, Connor Bedard. That tells me Taylor Hall's wow. been on a lot of bad teams that were picking first overall. 
He's been on a lot of really, really bad teams. And he was the first overall pick, was he not? Yeah, and he yeah. gets shipped out of from those teams as soon as they start getting good. You're the problem. I'm not, yeah. Uh, the other stat last night is an impressive one, that Kyle Connor has scored on opening night on in six straight seasons. And yes. that ties an NHL record. If he does it again next year, he'll... He'll be great. Afterwards, he said, "I had no idea about that. No clue that I light the lamp." Every and I still don't think. Night. I still don't think he cares. He could have had a couple. Yeah. No, he had some. He had some real good chances. He looked really good. Like he might. That have line a, looked. That line looked good. You know yeah. what? And you know, Mark Shifley takes a lot of heat. He had a great game yesterday. He made a. He made really a. Good he, game. he made a. Uh, a um, a bad turnover in the first period there, uh, but he worked his way back, and, and I thought he he played really really well yesterday. So I wanted to make sure that I I give him some love because sometimes we're very critical. He of was him. great in the faceoff circle on the power play. Yeah, he I was. think he won four in a row at one point. Uh, they weren't great in the faceoff circle overall. That's a ongoing story year after year with the Jets. They've mm-hmm. got to get better in in the faceoff dot. Um, it was over sixty percent for the Flames. But on the power play, they were very good. And Kyle Connor spoke about that in the post game too. About on the power play, one of the reasons he said that they did so well was that um, in the faceoff dot in the power play. And we got this text. This one from Corey. Corey texts: Is it Taylor Hall or Taylor Swift? <laughs> I, I don't know what to say anymore. Other people go to NFL games, you know. Oh, like not anymore. Only other celebrities fans go to Travis Kelsey. Go to. You know who's is really... Is Kelsey even playing tonight and she's going? He's listed, listed as questionable. Here's the thing. Where's she going to go? Just watch him You know sit? who the real winner of this is? Travis Kelsey's brother. He's huge. Jason, he's yeah. everywhere. He, and he's the he, he's, he's not my even favorite in, brother of the two. He's uh, a down to the... Go- if you ask me you want to have a beer with either of the Kelsey brothers, I'm like Jason. Oh, yeah. Did you see the ad with their mom for the NFL? Yeah. Where that whole thing, they're writing a script for the season. And he's like, how about... His, their mom says, how about... That Garoppolo character falls in love with my character. And Travis goes, that's a good looking dude. I see what you're doing there, mom. And Jason's like, wait a minute. And I thought that's their personalities to a T. Eh? Like Jason's married yeah. as a family. Travis is out there. I get what you're doing, mom. Uh, Owen Power, he got extended. We will talk about that as well. Connor Hellebuck, get your thoughts on it right when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Tech message here. In addition to your, of course, the Winnipeg Jets losing 5-3 last night. Uh, to the Calgary Flames in Calgary season opener. The Jets will be back here in Winnipeg on Saturday to take on the Florida Panthers. Uh, one o'clock pregame show puck drop at three at Canada Life Center. Excited for that one and to get the home schedule going. This texture says, in addition to your great points, the test showed that Perfetti has developed some NHL snarl. And year after year, Ehlers demonstrates consistent flashes of vision and speed, but it must be impossible to play a team game with him because it looks like he's constantly on an audible of his own mission, and we live by the sword and die by the sword. Side note, still worth seeing I follow with Cop's number on that Lowry line. Of course, I follow's wearing number nine. Uh, Andrew Cop wore number nine for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, that text message from Alistair. Um, I, I'm not going to take too much into that, Alistair, if that's what you saw. I mean, what I what I saw was a guy that had not had missed camp, had not had an opportunity to really build chemistry with his line mates. Like, I think you saw Cole Perfetti and Ido Niederreiter on the same page uh, a lot more for the sole fact that they practiced together more and they played together more. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I don't know if Nick Ehlers should have played last night. And I know he got injured on the last play when he was diving across. We, we don't have an update on Nick Ehlers yeah. if what his condition's like. Um, anything, I get so. it. It's You were off all training camp and you want to, but he, I, I don't know. 
he didn't look he looked like he missed all of training camp first of all but so did Nate Schmidt and, mm-hmm. and this doesn't it did, they just didn't have their A games like some players did but the added thing about Ehlers was compared to Schmidt not being on the ice for that majority of time at training camp to me was Ehlers looked like he was hurting yeah and so I, I don't know like We'll get an update, I'm sure, but he had to be helped out or he barely got off the ice at the end and the trainer came to talk to him, I saw. And I was listening to Paul and, and Mitchell while I was watching it on Sportsnet and, and he was in a lot of pain and the trainer said something to him and he shook his head like, no, I'm not okay. And I, I don't know, I just, um, he had a couple nice shots. I think in the second period he gained the blue line and wired yeah. a couple ones and then after that it just looked like it was bo- something was bothering him. This texture says, through all training camp, this is the first time this team was together, and I agree with you, Jim, on two players too tired they uh, because they weren't uh, playing through training camp. Yeah, Nick Ehlers was also on there. He wasn't involved in the in the icing or the situation there, but uh, yeah, definitely a little gassed out there. Um, good making them for a good situation for Calgary to uh, get the game-winning goal from Elias Lindholm with uh, just over a buck and a half left in the third uh, period. This texture says, everything you guys are saying sounds very familiar. Would have, should have, could have. Hope you're not still saying it two months from now. You know, I thought about that because the face-offs were a problem again, and that's been a problem for years. But yeah. I look, we can we can do this two different ways. If you didn't listen to the game or watch it, you could sit here and go, they were tied 3-3, gave up a late goal, and lost the game, and rinse, repeat from seasons past. Can I have a glass half full for at least the first 10 if, games? Uh, this is can what I'm I saying. A, if, if, you, if you listened or watched the game, yes. you would know that it wasn't the same old, same old. You would know that this Agreed. team looked different. They performed different. They outplayed the Flames 5-on-5 five five by far. Not even close. The power play didn't get results but looked sensational. The the best I've seen it look in probably two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um I thought Connor Hellebuck played well, made a couple key saves. Uh, I didn't like the Rasmus Anderson goal on the shorthanded one. That was a really nice shot that it's a, banked it's an right off. Shot. That went right and off from the that post. far out. You're playing the angle, and you think it's either over the net or it's going to hit me. And 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 the guys in front of him weren't necessarily playing defense to to, to help him out at that moment too. Still, as well. I didn't like it. I mean, I'm Fair not enough. I'm not saying he's got to have that. Yeah, but I'm saying I didn't like it. I yeah, you know that's a. But they came back and they tied the game. Josh Morrissey's play to get that puck to Mark Shifley is all-star caliber play. Brilliant pass. Not only to just keep it in the zone, but then to find him. And and Mark was, he had a little bit of time, but he didn't have a lot of time. It was mm-hmm. a great shot, great play. There. So again, I, if you didn't watch or see the game, I can understand you going late goal, lost, empty netter, rinse, repeat. If you did listen to or watch the game, I don't know how you didn't see a, a different Jets team out there that played well and and should play better. Now, I don't know what Calgary's going to be this year. Like, I, I thought the Jets outplayed Calgary for the whole game, mm-hmm. including what I thought they would have to withstand eight to ten minutes in the first, and they didn't. They took it to Calgary on their home opener. 100%. Um, so I was surprised about that. I think, you know, I mean, the Oilers are, they got pounded last night, but I think they're going to be in tough against the Oilers, Colorado, Dallas. Like, I don't know if you play that well, and that's going to be enough against those teams. But if they can do this night in, night out, and get their feet under them from being the first game, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I really like the way the Jets played last night. Yeah, me too. This texture says Markstrom outplayed Hellebuck. Just that simple. Well, that is a tough one. Uh, to argue against. I mean, just as I, he I was, was just incredible speaking, last night, he was really good. And um, did I think Hallibuck? I thought he froze a lot of pucks when it was bouncing around a little bit. 
Um, I, I thought he was good jumping on, um, you know, a screen goal on the power play. Uh, that happens. Um, at the the last, the, the goal I didn't think was his fault. The, the game winning there by Elias Lindholm. No, I, it wasn't his fault that, at all. No, that was, uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to throw. Kapari lost his man and I, they, they were all lost on that play. Like yes. they, they were tired. And once they lost the face off scrambles, like I think Dylan was up by the blue line. Kapari left his let his guy go from the, his, and then and then didn't go right to the net to take him out. My uh, I I look at Kapari Jim and I say you got to dig deep in an instant like that. You can't just yeah. let a guy go like that in the corner. And those um, are the things when we say dig deep. Like that's a young player, but that's a young player who has to understand that I'm bagged right now. I you got to find it. I got to stay on the ice. I've got to win or lose this face-off. Yeah. i got to find one more gear for about 12 seconds. Yes, has to. Has to in a situation like that. There's no doubt. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Perfetti, I just got a text message here um, in regards to Perfetti. Just to go back on that one as well, uh, thoughts on Perfetti uh, over the game, guys. Um, well, listen, I mean, I think, I think there's going to be growing pains here. We've said that several times. Uh, in terms of Perfetti, um, I mean, 27 you know, 0.2% on the faceoff dot. Uh, I, I think, I think to expect him to go out there and put a, a 51 or 52% faceoff wins, I, I just don't think that's realistic. And I think you need to understand that Perfetti is going to need some growth here. Um, and I think the team's ready for that. And I, I think Perfetti is a smart enough player and a talented enough player to figure things out. So here's what we take from last night's game. First of all, I'm impressed. Not like, oh, this is a Stanley Cup winning team. I'm impressed. The first game with some new faces, the pace they kept and the style they played, I'm impressed. Yes. But it is the first game. Mm-hmm. There's a long way to go. I, I still I, I've always said this. You need 20 to 25 games to let me know, you know, what you are. And then even last year when they went to January and I thought I knew who they were and they just had that lull that lasted three months. But I think this is a good start for the team. It's an excellent test on Saturday against Florida. It's an even better one against the Kings and uh, the Golden Knights. I, I think once you get through this homestand and what you've saw against Calgary, you'll have a pretty indication of of what this team could possibly be. But they they also like there was also some sloppy mistakes out there, not just the icing and stuff. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the turnover that Chifley had early, and then he got his game together and looked really well. Hundred percent. It's the first game of the year. That's the stuff I chalk up to the first yeah. game of the year. Yeah, yeah. But there's the 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 level of positives. Uh, far outweigh the negatives, and and that was the that was uh, what was spoken about by Shifley and and, and Cal Connor. Yeah, I, I really did. I thought we I thought we you know played a really solid game. Mark Stern made some pretty unbelievable saves. He 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 held them in there, um, but a lot of good things. You know, I think we got to be we got to be positive here. It's the first game, and you know our first game with really our entire lineup. So um, you know we uh, we played a solid game. We got a you know we can't dwell on that on the on the result too much and just keep building. And uh, of course, another record tying performance from from Kyle Connor. Battled really hard, showed a lot of compete, did a lot of good things out there, put a lot of good pucks at the net, and you know a couple here, bounces here and there. I thought our power play looked very well, very good, uh, moving the puck well, just kind of giving the options that were there, taking it, whether it's a shot, using all the options down low in the slot. Um, you know, you play that game in this legal, uh, you're going to win more times than that. So I think we take away the positives in that game and move on. And I say record time because uh, his, he scored again for the sixth straight uh, season opener, and he's the fourth player in NHL history to do it. He's got a chance to break that uh, next year. And I can guarantee you I will forget, unless I'm reminded about that stat, uh, next year at around this time. Well, the problem now for him is somebody will bring it up prior to the first game next year. Yeah. And then it will be on And then the there's spot. no way he's going to score. And then he's going to... Sh- 
snipe like seven in a game. <laughs> like Brock Besser last night. This, just bam, bam, bam. That's right. Uh, this, one's from, this one's from Terry. Terry says, uh, and then we're, we'll, we'll, we'll read this text message, and I appreciate Can't get to everybody. We've got so many text messages today. I really appreciate that. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, this one's from Terry. Terry says, hi, Cam and Jim. Well, last night was when the Jets uh, put all that high-priced talent to work. We saw as the rubber hit the pavement, or in this case, the skates hit the ice. Two points observed last night. Power play still needs work and tighter puck play. One good point was penalty kill. One last comment. Uh, I love sending you and Jim comments on the Jets. I know if you don't comment back to me, you disagree, which in most cases means I'm right. That's the best part of sparring with the two of you. Cheers, Terry. Who who is that, Terry? It's Terry, yeah. Well, Terry, you're exactly right. Yeah. This, This team's not only in a lot of trouble, but the season's over. (laughs) <laughs> so, like, let's um, look to next year. I, if I were them, I'd start putting guys on the trade block tomorrow when they go to practice, and let's end this chaos that we saw last night. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for that text message, Terry. Really appreciate. Seriously, that. Terry, we do appreciate your text. Thank we don't, we don't always get back to you because we get a lot of texts, but we do appreciate and always I, have time for. I it. try to get back to everybody, or and I, and if I, and if I don't get back to you, I guarantee I read it. I read every single one. That I comes do in. think it would have been more entertaining if Rick Bonus came out and said, "Unacceptable." Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Just really start getting on the players, right? I don't want to hear about the, a loss is a loss. You know what he should have done? He should have, we're bag skating you right out here in the middle of the saddle dome right after Can the game. we null some of those contracts we just signed? <laughs> that would have been the quote of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Even though I don't pay them, well, I would like to nullify That's something. right. This text says, what does Cam and Jim think about the Sabres extending Owen Power already? Uh, they've already uh, really locked up their young core in Buffalo. It'll be interesting to see if it works out. I think it will, but time will tell. Of course, the Sabres have signed defenseman Owen Power to a seven-year, $58.45 million contract extension. Uh, Power was selected first overall by Buffalo uh, back in 2021. Um, yeah, and uh, he's in the final year of his entry-level deal. Uh, when the Jake Sanderson money came out, Great I, knew, I knew Buffalo was going to be hosed on this. And even this, if this wasn't something that they wanted to do, they were probably going to be forced to do. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, granted, two years ago when he signed um, his bridge deal, wasn't the same player as he is now. He's really developed into this uh, guy who was uh, near the top um, of of Norris Trophy as the best defenseman voting. Uh, he had a fantastic season last year and has earned his his eleven million bucks. Maybe maybe it's a little bit of an overpay. Uh, but I think I think there's going to be bright things in his future. Uh, but when I saw that deal from Owen Power, I said, "You, uh, Owen, you better send a text message to Jake because uh, Jake's, uh, Jake Sanderson and the Ottawa Senators did you a fantastic favor. You get to skip the bridge deal and you go right into the money here. You, they had almost no choice. So next year, Dowling goes from six million this year to eleven. Yeah, and Power goes." <laughs> From $916,000, $916,000 to $8.3 million. That's a lot of money to give to defensemen. And the Do you San think Jose at Sharks, any time this year he's like, I, I can't this year, but next year I'll pick this up. The San Jose Sharks. Next year I'll buy lunch. Oh, I'll pick but up the steak dinner. Year. No, no, I not, can't. No, but next year, not only do I buy steak dinner, why don't we get you your car too? Nice yeah. little, why little not? Honda. Why not? Um, we did this with Ottawa. I look, I, the reason I think it's brilliant more so for Buffalo than Ottawa is right now they have 8.8 million in cap space. So those two guys alone are going to take that up. There's another five and eight coming, but 
when I look at their contracts, like they don't have a goalie making more than $2 million. Eric Comrie's making 1.8. They have those two young goalies, yeah. which will get them another two years. Um, their RFAs or UFAs are all going to be gone. Uh, Kyle Opozo, Tyson Jost, you don't have to bring any of those guys back. No. Kyle Middlestead's an, an RFA who making 2.5. He may or may not get a raise. Victor Olofsson is a UFA. Um, so... I look at I look at San Jose, and I I look at the money that they spent on the blue line, and it did not work out for them. Now this is a different situation. I think um, I, I think there's a more balance here. But when San Jose was dishing out that much money to Brent Burns and these and guys Eric make Carlson, other guys better though, so yeah. that was pointed out to me. Like I don't know if you, if it's better to lock up a, a D man or number one stud at nine million, and then get two or three guys, maybe three at five yeah. around five million. To go this route at 11 and 8, those guys will make whoever they're playing with better. Mm-hmm. So now you kind of locked up your top four, and you don't have to pay two or three other guys five to six million as demon. You yeah. can pay two to three, and those guys will make make them better. It's top shelf talent, too. Top shelf talent. So I, I can't comment on this because, like Sanderson and Ottawa, I just I don't think the Jets should do this. I don't think the Jets should have three or four guys um, coming up all at the same time. I like the way they stagger it a bit where one or two of the core pieces come up every two to three years. Mm -hmm. And you kind of handle it at that time, see where you're at. That being said, um, Ottawa, Buffalo, other teams, Tampa Bay, they seem to think this is the way to go. Lock up your six to eight guys for six to eight years for eight to nine million dollars and go at it and augment around it. I think the Jets, because they can't sign free agents, are better off to go this route. Yeah, I think so too. But the way, we'll the way they see. do it, as opposed to locking up guys for eight or nine I can't years see, and, just regardless of the season that Cole Perfetti has, I see a bridge deal coming up for him. Too. Like the point of this is, is, so if you got Darlene, would you not be better off to go Owen Power? You go from 900000 to 4.5 for three years. Yes. Like, like in, in Anaheim. Yeah. And then in three years from now, you might have to pay him twelve. Yeah. And you got Darlene, but you're already four years into Darlene at 11. It's the precedent, I guess. And the situation, it's like, we're either paying him now, or we're going to pay him later if he's going to get to that point. The flip side, somebody will say in three years, you might have to pay him $12 million and you're only going to pay him eight for the next four years after that. Oilers got smacked last night. Uh, Brock Besser uh, doing uh, uh, wonders for that team. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Brock. We'll talk about that when we come back. Also, the Leafs. Uh, manufacturing a win over the Habs. Talk about that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. We got a rapid fire through these, Jim. Uh, Brock Besser potted four goals. JT Miller scored, had four assists as the Canucks absolutely demolish uh, the Oilers. Uh, Jack Campbell, Skinner, uh, Jack Campbell uh, chased. Uh, Skinner has, they had exactly, they're both exactly 12 for 16 with 0.75 save percentages here. And you know what? I'm really happy for Brock Besser, a guy who's clearly struggling with the passing of his father. Um, And I think, I hope this is a situation where he's finally able to, um, you know, the grieving process is is really starting to to, to move in the backside and he's able to to focus on hockey because he was greatly affected by that. So really happy for him. I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's a great story for him. I didn't, his down seasons, I didn't um, think it was a skill thing at all really good and a lot of people said to me going into the season a lot some people said watch out for Vancouver mm-hmm. this year Thatcher Demko is a great goalie Rick Tockett's there they've got a good top six uh, I'm not saying it's one game and they're not going to do this every night but 
good for them. Like they they could be the team. A lot of some people have said to me this could be the team that sneaks in. Austin Matthews, two late goals, two empty net uh, goals with their net empty. Leafs uh, beat the Habs six five. Okay. I I don't know, man. Good for Montreal. I don't know about the Leafs. It's a big point for the Habs. Huge point. They should have won that game, though. Oh, yeah. They had it in the bag. They let the Leafs back in there. They got to find a way to get that puck out and get a goal. And uh, the Senators start off things uh, with a loss. Hey, one game, everybody. One game. The Jets will be back on Saturday here at home. One o'clock pregame show. Three o'clock puck drop. Jets. Florida Panthers, home opener, Canada Life Center. Really excited for that. Jim Toth will take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow for Free For All Friday. See ya. Free For All. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.